0: Good morning and welcome back for another exciting episode of Business Matters. I'm your host, Charles Musgrove, and you're listening to Real Talk 93.3. Today we have another exciting episode. Today is going to be about wills and trust. We have with us today Nicholas Fugate with the Nicholas D. Fugate Law Firm. Nicholas, welcome to the show, and we are looking for some knowledge and enlightenment, and we know you're going to deliver it to us today. So let's get started, and I know that um, wills and trusts, that's that's always something that every person should have, or almost every person. So maybe we start there. Who should have a will and a trust? Are they the same thing? Are they different? So let's get started with that and start giving us some nuggets.
1: for. All right. Well, certainly, uh, sitting in this position, I would say that anybody needs a will. Um, It is a basic document that takes care of what happens with your assets when you pass, Um, It is different from a trust, and we can get into the nitty-gritty on that and what that looks like and who might need a trust. Um, But there are more than just the will and the trust documents. Um, When folks come speak to me, I like to talk about a comprehensive estate plan that not only looks at your assets but your person as well. Um, There's a number of different documents that we create. Uh, The living will that most people have heard of, like a DNR. Um, a designation of healthcare surrogate that would be naming someone to make healthcare decisions when you can't. Are those two different things? A DNR, a living will, and well, the living will and the DNR. Most people refer to the DNR as the living will. Okay. The designation of healthcare surrogate is a different document that comes into play while you're still alive. Okay. And you should have.
0: I've I've been presented those when I go to the doctor. Been with someone that. You usually have that presented at the time you go under sedation or anything like that.
1: That is correct. Um, But the reason you'd want that beforehand is if there were an accident or something, you'd already have named the person um, that would be able to make those decisions for you. Okay. So uh, those are documents that deal with uh, your health as it is. The DNR living will actually gives you the ability to make decisions um, for yourself at the end of life. Um, So you take that decision away from your family. Right uh the other document that i usually recommend is a power of attorney that power of attorney is a very important document in that you can continue your business if something were to happen to you and you were incapacitated this allows that person that you name to step into your shoes and to continue your business moving forward i guess the concern of that
0: is if you if you sign a poa in advance you're you're probably have some fear that okay This person that I just name as the the with the power of attorney, they can come take over my business or my affairs at any time. When that's probably
1: not the case, but tell us. Well, it actually is the case. That is the law if they have that in hand. Okay. So we put into place procedures where they don't have that in hand. Um, At this point, it would be an escrow letter to me as an attorney or another third party trusted person that would hold on to that until such a time as the need arose. So needed to
0: have it. I, I guess one thing that comes to mind there is it used to be in the old days, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, right, that paper paper documents, the original was required for something like that. But now it seems like a lot of, with a lot of the legal documents, it's gotten to facsimile or scan copies. Is that still the case?
1: Is that the case with, with this POA? No, that is not. In 2011, things changed. And an electronic copy can be relied on by the third party when presented to them. Wow! So,
0: so an electronic copy of that power of attorney is just as good
1: as that one that's in the attorney's uh, lockbox. That is correct. And so, in those, when that arises, and I make that document, the document you get to keep for in your hard drive is actually says for um, what do I want to say for. Your Purposes Only, but okay. does not have the signature on it. So, Got it. Okay. So the the actual document that is effective is kept behind a firewall. Got it. Okay. Well, that, that makes perfect so, sense. Uh, that document controls your prop- property while you live. And then we move on to look at what happens to your stuff when you die. A will is a basic document that answers, where is this going to go? Mm-hmm. A will can include provisions of a trust that would arise at that time, or you can create a trust beforehand. I like to describe a trust as wrapping around your assets instructions for what and how and where those assets go. So you have a lot more control as to what happens there. So let's say you have um, a lot of people would have life
0: insurance. That's something that at at the Time you die, life insurance is going to be is going to come into play. So, if you have a will, you have a trust before you die, and you have life insurance. Do you name the? Do you change the beneficiary of that life
1: document to the trust at that point? That is correct. You name the life. You name in the life insurance document your trust as the beneficiary. Okay. That way, that money pour in, and then it then is controlled by the same. Instructions that you have wrapped around all the rest of your assets, as as that will. So if you, um,
0: so most people would do the life insurance because that has no tax effect. Also, so the beneficiary of that of that money from the life insurance that they don't pay taxes on. They would that. not
1: be taxed. They would not be taxed then. Now, if those assets were to gain, right, in that time afterwards, whatever that gain is would
0: be taxed. So if the if the life insurance goes. Uh, into the trust and then immediately out of the trust so that it's not there shouldn't be a taxable. so there's event no there. taxable event even to the recipient outside of the trust that is correct okay all right well that's that's good so go so continue th- that thought on the let's, on the trust. let's talk
1: about trusts. so there there's a number of trusts out there um the basic one would be called a revocable living trust and that is a trust where you remain in control of your property while you're alive um, that's why it's called living. And you can even revoke it. You can change it. You can amend it. If there's any provisions in there, you can always come back in and and create it in the way that you want at that time. Um, that gives you the ability to delay when folks get their money or the assets that are going to be distributed. It gives you the opportunity to set up incentives for education. Um, you know, You can also have in there that if you were to get married... Um, a certain amount could be released to by a marital home. Um, it also protects that money from any of the creditors of your beneficiaries. So is the revocable trust more of a
0: vehicle for liability and asset protection rather than for for income tax planning?
1: Uh, no, so you you cannot protect yourself against your creditors with a revocable trust. okay. Um, You would have to put that into an irrevocable trust and give over power and control of that money to someone else to protect that in order for your creditors not to be able to reach it. Okay. Now, what it does is it does protect against any creditors of your beneficiaries. Okay. So, in in that sense, um, you know, God forbid that you had a beneficiary uh, that had an addiction problem and you didn't want to see that money go to waste. There are... There are roadblocks in there that would keep those assets away from them until such time as they got better. So that's even when
0: you're alive, the the revocable trust is still in effect, and that protects the assets from your heirs' creditors.
1: Uh, certainly, certainly, your heirs' creditors, even when you're alive, um, those beneficiaries of that trust have have no interest at that point, no vested interest at that point. Where they would be even be able to attach to that money. Okay. So, um, you're protected there. Um, what it also does is it allows you to um, make provision for beneficiaries that may need to um, may need to take advantage of certain programs, special needs programs, and help out there so that they meet the certain qualified interests. So, um, that would be a special needs trust that can be set up as one of those trusts that come out of your revocable trust. Okay, so that's a secondary trust out of the revocable trust? That is, That is correct. Okay. While you're alive, you are, while you're alive with a living trust, you are the settler as well as the trustee and a beneficiary at that point. Um, we put in there, we put in there clauses that you can use the money you have right now in the same way basically as you do in your bank account individually what what happens to that at the time you you pass does that revocable trust what's the
0: what happens to the nature of that trust at that point
1: so immediately when you pass uh, the trustee transfers from you to the person that you name in the trust okay um, at that point they have possession and control and then they must go by the terms of the trust and either distribute hold on create new trusts based on the terms that you put in there. Now, would the will outline the duties of the trustee, or is that inside the trust no, that document? is inside the trust
0: document. Okay, so what's the what's the relationship of the will okay. and that trust? So,
1: when you've set up a trust, what you want to have happen is you want a will to catch any assets that you did not get titled into the trust. Okay. And so, when you create the trust, it is basically a separate entity under the law. And so, anything that that trust controls need, needs to be titled to that trust. Okay. So, you're... Home, uh, any accounts that you have would, after the trust is created, need to be retitled. And so that way they're in there. And then you have a will that would capture, it's basically a backstop, that would capture any assets that were not in the trust, and that will says pour them into the trust. And so basically the trust becomes the beneficiary of your will. Okay, so let's take an
0: example that if I own my home, and I have a revocable trust, but that home title is not inside the revocable trust, but the will addresses where the home goes. So at the time of my death, that home, the will says that asset gets dumped inside the trust. That is correct.
1: Okay. And so at that point, those terms and provisions that you have in the trust come into play and can protect your home. Now, the, the caveat there is that we're talking about your home. There are multiple other protections in the this wonderful state Correct. that protect that asset, and also deal with where we can give it. Um, homestead, homestead is another topic for another and day.
0: That is, that's probably not a good a, a good asset to to uh, pick on as an example. Well,
1: no, 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 it is. It actually is, and it can and it can be put in there, and certainly in most cases we recommend that. Okay. Um, Would you recommend that things like
0: real estate that that may have other taxes or uh, doc stamps or things like that associated with it if you retitle it. Do you recommend retitling those type assets or just have the will address it that it gets dumped into the trust?
1: Uh, it is much more advantageous to have it already in the trust. Okay. And this is another benefit of having a trust is that all of the assets that are not in the trust are subject to probate in the state of Florida. And so even if there are no creditors out there, um, it is still a – timely process to marshal those assets to publish to find out if there are creditors and to go through the probate process and unless it's under $75,000 um that would be a formal administration and you have to hire an attorney for a formal administration which so, costs money which is more money and so in a lot of ways um creating that living revocable trust um can save you some much actually a lot of money on the front end by having that and also giving you the peace of mind and a little bit more control. Okay.
0: All right. That Those are uh, good recommendations. Is there, th- this may be a rabbit hole we don't want to go down right <laughs> okay. now, but uh, re- we've been talking about a revocable trust. I'm assuming there's an irrevocable trust there is, also.
1: There is an irrevocable trust. And an irrevocable trust is one where you give up any control. Um, so at that point, you no longer have any say as to, what can be done with that trust or where it goes at the same time um a trustee wanting to modify that has to go through multiple high bars and hoops in order for any of that to be done um the courts uh, the courts always well i was taught never always. to say I mean, always ne- but ne- never uh, right and always right <laughs> right i'll stay away from that But the vast majority of the time, the courts are there to interpret what the will of the settler, the original person that made the trust, is. And so, certainly, if you created an irrevocable trust while you were alive, and they tried to do something, um, your testimony would be taken into account. Right. But discerning the will of the dead is actually what we're doing here. That's true. And so, uh, that's the... The purpose of these documents is to codify what the will of the person who deceased was. Right.
0: If you're just joining us, you're listening to Real Talk 93.3. I'm Charles Musgrove, the host of Business Matters. Today, we're talking with Nicholas Fugate about wills and trust and how to properly get those set up. Just some, probably some basic stuff that we're going over right now, Nicholas. But uh, nonetheless, I think it's critical that we understand this, that we implement this in our own financial uh, planning planning right now uh, nicholas one thing we did we have not talked about and it may be intuitive but let's let's go through this uh, so we've talked about a a will trust whether it's revocable or irrevocable uh, what about there's other business owners would have stock ownership or membership units and in, in entities that they they're they're a part of right and with those they have their own set of guidelines and rules, operating agreements, stockholder agreements. So what's the relationship of those documents with trust and will?
1: So on the basic level, um, if we're talking about a corporation that issues stock, um, stock that was not named or titled in the trust would then fall back onto that will and then go into um, the trust. Now that could, depending on how the corporation set up, depending on its tax status that could cause a myriad of problems right so
0: one thing I I I want to address that I I failed to ask so if we have and you if we have a revocable trust and you said earlier that that's a that is a living entity so if if that is an entity that assets are titled to is it also going to owe taxes
1: will it owe taxes once it uh, so while you're living yes it is a it's Considered a pass-through entity for purposes of the IRS. Okay, so, so any any gains that you would be making within that trust while you are alive, as long as a a living revocable trust, right, um, that would pass through to you individually or to.
0: Okay, so if you have back to our entity example, if we have, if I am an owner of an S corporation and I get a K one, that if that is changed so that the trust is now the receives that K one. That probably presents some other issues with It does, and
1: so, and so the management side and those things, the best way to handle the corporation side, the business side, is actually to set up either some life insurance in there or to set up buy-sell agreements if you have other partners or the like. That way, um, the living, who right. are still here, are the ones that can make those management decisions. Um, uh, there are various means by which... You structure those documents at the get-go to make sure that the the day-to-day decision, the operation side of having ownership in a business, is taken care of. Okay, so um, that
0: that's usually what I recommend when when entities are getting set up is let's let's plan for the end of this. That so is correct. The end, either being one of the members or owners are going to be disabled, or they're going to die, or they you just want to divorce so let's make sure that that document that the governing document for that entity addresses all of those issues
1: that is absolutely correct and
0: then then not only does it address it but the funding of it so that that's kind of a another layer of complexity but if if one person dies the the remaining owners have to buy that person out so how is that buy buyout going to be funded
1: and so usually in the what i find to be And we're speaking generalities here. Right. Um, The best method for that is for uh, the company to purchase life insurance in those who have ownership in it. That's right. And so that way, that money is available, and it's a built-in cost that uh, ownership knows that the company has. Exactly. Um, And, of course, I mean, uh, again, we're speaking generalities here. That's not something I could do unless I was in partnership with another attorney because— being an attorney, only attorneys can have ownership stake in a law firm. Right. And so, in these cases, like, my wife is not going to inherit my company when I die because it's against the...
0: The bar, Florida Bar.
1: There are many things against the Florida Bar.
0: Yeah. So,
1: yeah, that, that um, I think that's another
0: planning tool that you uh, typically, once a, an owner passes, the remaining owners don't want to be in business with that owner's spouse that or is family correct. member so there's it's better that that transaction happen at the time of death or disability and
1: it's really about having these conversations if you're going into business with someone else it's absolutely imperative that you have these conversations at the get-go yeah. because what ends up happening and this is where us attorneys make some money is it ends up in litigation, and there's really no clear-cut answer because that conversation was never had. Right, and it's
0: a lot more expensive on the back end oh, than it is to do it right on the front
1: Even end. if you had inflation. E- exactly.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, I know that's a side, a side street, a side alley for the business documents, but, but it is important to see the relationship of that and the will and the trust that an individual is going to have.
1: Absolutely, because at the end of the day, um, when, when you own a business – there's the ownership interest, but then there's the managerial side. Right. And so those two things, you need to keep both of them in mind. Exactly. Um, All right. So tell me, um, what,
0: what's the, the threshold where gift taxes come into play? Okay. So uh, that's going to affect how you do your planning and the extent as well? It, that, is, that
1: is correct. There is an entire different scheme um, that we would be looking at than what we've talked about already if we were to start hitting that threshold. Um, the threshold right now is called the Unified Tax, tax Credit. Um, in 2019, that was $11.4 million per person. Per person. And uh, I was in law school when all this was going down back at 2010 and things were changing. That was, would have been a good year to die as uh, there was no exclusion or infinite exclusion, as it were. But um, it's up to $11.4 million per person. And a spouse can use a predeceased spouse's leftover um, exclusion. So basically, until you get to $22.8 million in 2019, you're going to be covered by an exclusion, unless you've given large gifts during your lifetime. It's called a unified tax credit because there is a tax on gifts over $15,000. And so as you live, you hold on to those. And they accumulate until the end, and so we we look in that case. You'd look to um, make some probably if you have that much, you're probably going to want to make some charitable um, make donations. Some donations. Uh, we'd set up we'd set up a scheme by which you could take advantage of that fifteen thousand dollars a year right. and begin to give while you're still alive, um, Nicholas.
0: That is some great information, and I, I really feel like we've only scratched the surface on the. Uh Wills and Trust, but it's information that we need to hear, so uh, we, we're going to ask you to come back for a second show, All right. and we appreciate the time today and for dropping those nuggets on Wills and Trust. You've been listening to Real Talk 93.3. I'm Charles Musgrove, host of Business Matters. Have an awesome day. Have a blessed week. We'll see you same time next week, 1130 a.m. on Real Talk 93.3. Peace.